Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Hour number two, a little early on hour number two. We're kind of shifting things around here as Coulter is in the press conferences of the uh, Montana Lady Grizz and Northern Arizona Lumberjack basketball teams after the uh, second game of the second round of the Big Sky Conference Women's Tournament. So he will be back with us here in a moment. But happy to be with you right now. Thanks for uh, letting us be on board with you, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you would uh, like to listen live, no matter where you are, you can go to 1029ESPN.com. Check us out on the stream. The stream available all the time. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Phone number 329-1899. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can check it out on the podcast. The Tutel Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. And it is there thanks to Wingate by Wyndham Hotel and Blackfoot Communications. Want to remind you, John Oglesby, who is calling all of the games for the conference, worked for the Big Sky Conference for many years uh, and is doing uh, all the work on the men's side of this tournament. He's going to join us here in about a half an hour, talk about the Cats and the Grizz and uh, uh, what he's seeing, the practices taking place earlier today and now Thursday. The uh, tournament getting started for Montana and Montana State after they have a bye in tomorrow's round. So he'll join us. And then the end of the show, Travis DeCure, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies, his episode of Grizz Grace, the coaching tree, comes out today. The Grizz Grace podcast, episode nine, coming out today. We will play an extended piece from him from that uh, for you. And kind of wet your whistle for what was, uh, uh, as expected, an outstanding conversation with Coach DeCure about this coaching tree and his places in it as the current head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. But before we get to all of that, Wanted to talk with uh, our dear friend David, the producer of this very uh, of this here show, about the transfer rules as they pertain to NC two A athletes, and perhaps perhaps the elimination of the uh, one year sit out rule. They're saying talking about giving you a waiver if you go ahead and transfer one time waiver. Basically, it would enable kids to transfer without penalty. They could play right away at whatever school they would transfer to. Am I getting this something? close to right david you're getting this very right very right right now most most sports don't have to sit out a year i think the sports are that you have to sit out a year are college baseball college basketball college football and then women's college basketball as well there might be a a few others but it would basically put every sport every college sport on the same level in terms of transfers you know, it's an interesting deal because it it affects teams so much differently depending on what level they're at, right? And Travis DeCure and Bobby Houck are both on the record 
adamant against this thing. They feel like all of a sudden the FCS in football or low major in basketball would just become almost a farm system for bigger schools where kids would go, try and get a couple of years experience, try and develop, and then adios onto the Mountain West or the Pac-12 or whatever it might be, right? Basically, that's what their their fear is. They think that their rosters are going to be raided. I think Bobby Howe pointed out the example. What if what if uh, Dante Olson's 14 tackles against Oregon had been for Oregon? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a fair point. I mean, I I think you brought up the greatest point though that this actually has an opportunity to be a boon for Montana because they're a power within the conference. Exactly, because what could happen are players who are really good players on teams that are not very good may just go, well, I'll just jump ship within the conference and go play for another guy, and you have the contact, you know the coaches and players well, and so if you are a powerhouse within your conference, regardless of the size, maybe you all of a sudden have an inside track to get a get a kid. You know, the guy who brought this up, to me was Travis DeCure as we were talking about it just one day and he said look man what, what what would happen if all of a sudden we just decided hey let's get Trayvon Allen on our basketball team right and Trayvon Allen you know an, an all-conference player I don't know if he's going to be first or second team but he's that level of a guy he's one of the leading scorers in the Big Sky Conference he's playing for a three or four win Idaho team that's really strong he's really their only outstanding player and maybe he says you know what my senior year I don't want to sit here and, and, and suffer through a losing season and not going to the NCAA tournament, not having any noise to make it Boise or whatever. I'm going over here with Montana or I'm going over here, you know, with Northern Colorado, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden the haves can grow even stronger and the have nots. They lose what even they did have. That's exactly. And I think the fears are a little, little overblown because Jeff Goodman wrote a piece where he said 875 kids were in the transfer portal last year and only about 50 examples of kids going from low to mid-major schools and ending up at high-major schools. As well as, I think it's very interesting, the chair of this committee in the NCAA is the commissioner of the MAC, America's mm. favorite conference, America's favorite mid-major. Yes, Maction all day with the MAC. Nothing better than a Tuesday MAC game. Dude, you and I are a hundred percent on this. You know, I went to Western Michigan for crying out loud. I've been in the Mac for a couple of years, so I, I, uh, I I'm very familiar with the Tuesday night football. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, well, it is an interesting kind of kind of deal because the other thing is you got to think that this this idea comes from two places first of all with considerations of probably the biggest schools with the most money and all that in in the front of the line in terms of consideration and also what has been the ongoing sort of shift towards the students in uh, the student athletes where you talk about like play paying players and the, the the billion dollar industry that is you know football college football and men's basketball and the players you know get their education and nothing else and and at times you know have terrible injuries and so forth and so on and so where's the equality there where's the justice in terms of what they're getting so i hear all that and this is also part of that debate where you say okay wait a minute now a coach he gets another job all of a sudden he finds a paycheck at another institution he can leave anytime he wants and get rocking and rolling but a kid he finds himself in a situation that he didn't want to be in or maybe finds a better situation and he or she can't just go and now all of us and and play at another place so there's there's an asymmetry in that sort of relationship so i understand that argument as well I guess, it, you know, also, though, it, 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 I understand it from a, a coach's perspective who says, hey, man, I, I'm trying to do something here. Okay, I'm trying to build this here, and I can't have guys that come in for 18 months and just go, well, thanks, I'm on my way. I don't think it's going to happen that often. I mean, if you think about it, how many guys at Montana on this, foot, this past year's football team were that good that you thought when they went up against Oregon and other great teams wow he really should be on the other side yeah you know i mean the thing that i'm wondering about is is again not even so much about like transferring 
from, I mean, transferring from the FCS to a top 15 program in the country is is very That's rare. I mean, even to even to any happen. high major program is just not going to happen very often. So I agree with you in that how respect. Often does, I think the how thing often is, does Alabama it's more have about being Eastern disgruntled, right? Like, say you're playing at Wyoming and the thing, you know, you're a two-win basketball team and you go, you know what? No, this isn't for me. And it's not even about your relationship with the coaches or whatever it is with the school. You just go, I'm done. I'm going to go to Utah State or I'm going to go to Colorado State or whatever it is and then all of a sudden guys just just take off and it is you know the idea of enabling quitting at some in some regard and and I I think there would be some of that certainly that would go on that would definitely occur I mean I think you got to you got to have the kids best interests at heart in terms of I'm I I'm maybe a little bit sympathetic to this I transferred around colleges a few yes, times. Yes, you did. I, what, 11 colleges that, that you went to? Uh, I tried career? for the Baker's Dozen. I couldn't quite get the loans. <laughs> right. um, but I I think that it takes a – I believe that it sometimes takes a few tries to get the right fit. I ended up at Wyoming. I wasn't playing sports, but I can see where you might get into a program. A lot of these guys are recruited by assistant coaches – and they have those relationships with assistant coaches. We only talk about we only talk about the head coach leaving, but assistant coaches move around even more often. It's a great point. A I mean, point. look at look at the guy uh, Erickson, at Dennis Erickson's son, who Montana just hired. He was at yeah, Idaho. Erickson. He was at yeah. Idaho recruiting for Idaho, saying Idaho is the place to be. What better place is Moscow? We got a Chick Fil A on campus. <laughs> and now he's in Missoula. Yeah. Well, now let's be clear. He did go to Coral Lane in between, so he did go straight from Idaho to Missoula. But yeah, the point is well taken. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I don't know. You know, you sit here and you go, well, how, how would this thing work out? Would it be a, a big problem? A not a big problem at all? I, I, I don't know. The other thing too is when it comes to coaches leaving, very often kids who request a transfer when a coach goes somewhere else are granted that already. So does that really impact that scenario for the better for the kid when they're already often, you know, kind of given that uh, 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 that stamp to be able to go someplace and have that waiver in place? I'm not sure. Uh, it, is a, it is a good conversation. We'll come back to it. But I believe Coulter is back with us. Let's get to him in just a moment. By the way, Mildenberger Motors in Hamilton, serving Western Montana for over 60 years. Get in and test drive a Duramax, GMC, or Chevy. Feel the difference and get the best deal at Mildenberger Motors. Uh, Coulter, have you made it back to your perch at the CenturyLink Arena there in Boise? I have, yeah. And I, Before we get into Lady Grizz, because I know you guys are going to want to get some reactions from that press conference. Just a couple thoughts on what you guys are talking about. I think that one thing here is there's a there's a huge difference between being able to play at a school and playing at a school. In other words, there's a, a couple guys on each Montana and Montana State's rosters that I can think of right now that absolutely could be on the 95-man roster at a lot of Pac-12 schools, but would they actually play? And I think right. that's where this gets muddy, right? Samari Torres from Yeah, it's a good point. Samari Torres from Portland, right? Would he start for the Oregon Ducks? I don't think so. Would he be in their receiver rotation? Maybe, but maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, he, I think he probably would, but he, but as a senior, right? I mean, like right. you're talking about a guy who would have had to go to Montana for two years for sure, and really this was his breakout season. So now, okay, maybe you have one shot to go and and see if you can break in. Right, and so then when do kids start choosing – just the the flash of the power five over an actual chance to produce right i say samari torre transferred to oregon would he be one of their top five guys maybe but maybe not too and how disappointing of an ending would that be i mean gage gubrud was one of the most prolific passers in the history of the big sky conference he grad transfers to washington state he doesn't win the job and he does nothing his career ends with no production he doesn't get the sideline yeah he doesn't get to play you know isaiah fonse could he be on UW's roster? He absolutely could. Would he play, though? I don't know. And if he did, it probably wouldn't be nearly as much as being the feature back for a team that runs the ball like Montana State. So I think that yeah. it, then it gets into 
coaches trying to lure kids and they don't have their best interest in mind because every coach from Power 5 to the Big Sky is going to want to stack their roster with as much depth and talent as they can. But then all of a sudden you're saying, okay, we want you. You can help us. But how much? And then what is it actually worth for you to go somewhere and not actually play? It just seems like a really precarious situation to me. And, what, Ryan, what you said, how many guys go from the FCS starting in a Power 5? Not a ton, but I do think that the – I think the, the one thing we got to remember, though, is it's not just the big sky to the Pac-12. This would then become maybe a farm system from the top down. So if all of a sudden the studs at Wyoming, who likely could break into the rotation at a mountain or at a Pac-12 school, excuse me, leave, then where's Wyoming going to get their guys? And so all of a sudden you're basically having the lower of the level would just make that level a tryout for can or can you not do it? And then all of a sudden we're just moving up, moving up, and that's where the farm system um, analogy is so great. Yeah, it's true. It will be interesting if it happens to see how much of an effect it has and how the effect progresses over time because I think this isn't just like all of a sudden year one you got all the answers. I think this is something that over the course of three, four, five years you go, okay, now we can start to see the fuller effects of, of eliminating, you know, uh, the one-year penalty or the delay in, uh, in transferring. No doubt, and I, I just uh, think, I think it just gets muddy, and I just don't think it's more than anything, more than Bobby Halk had a comment in the Missoulian about how, how many fans would like it. Well, obviously no fan of the lower levels is going to like it. But to me, the thing I worry about the most is the kids. Kids are impressionable, and coaches are going to do whatever it takes to win. So if a coach is selling a chance that's maybe a false chance, a false narrative in terms of the opportunity that a young man might receive if he quote-unquote transfers up, I just think that then you get in so, all sorts of muddy waters, and the chemistry and balance of teams now in this day and age is already so delicate. The last thing you need is guys that are getting made false promises and then becoming disgruntled. And, and then, I mean, I, I think it would just in, increase both the goal to transfer as a move-up guy as well as then if you were sold a false narrative or a false opportunity, the goal then to leave and quit again. I think it, it was to make the problem that we already are experiencing that much worse. Well, it's certainly something that we can and I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about as we go, especially if it's something that actually comes to be and we can flesh it out and talk to some coaches and get their perspective on it and, uh, and hear what they have to say. Coulter, you have a business and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. But now let's go to the immediate moment, uh, Coulter. I know that you just got done with the press conferences for both NAU and Montana. And, of course, in a tournament setting, the uh, the moods in those press conferences are always very disparate. But I got to think for the Lady Grizz, uh, this has been one of the tougher, more emotional uh, uh, games, seasons, and press conferences that's maybe uh, they've had in a long time. Yeah, it's definitely interesting because – Montana actually does have one of the more veteran teams in the league, and their veteran players played well in this game. You had Mackenzie Johnson, 18 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists. You had Emma Stockholm, scored 11 points in the first half, and carried the Grizz offensively before they went cold, but she finished with 13 points, 8 rebounds. Taylor Goligoski, she hit big shots down the stretch, including that three-pointer that really kept them in it in the last two minutes. So you got to feel bad for those girls because you know, those are three players that, you know, quite honestly, especially the two Montana girls, Mackenzie Johnson and, and Taylor Goligoski, 
I mean, they grew up dreaming of being Lady Grizz, and they were going to play for Lady Grizz no matter who the coach was. And so I think that, I think that it's very disappointing for them to watch nothing but success during their youth and then have to be basically the spearhead of what has been the downfall of one of the most proud programs in the Big Sky Conference. So it was an emotional press conference. Shannon Schwain was fighting back tears the whole time. Mackenzie Johnson didn't even try to fight him back, and I don't blame her one, one bit. I mean, talk about somebody that left her heart and soul on the court. She would have been a great Lady Grizz in any era just because of her heart and her toughness. And yes. to have it go down like it did, I mean, I think that she was miscast for her entire career, and testament to her. I mean, she got so much better from a skill perspective and she was able to lead them as a scorer, but she's not a scorer. She's a point guard. And to be able to be forced into having to be the leading scorer for basically a full four seasons, that's tough on a girl. But she never wavered. She never quit. Uh, but she was definitely upset after the, the end result. Abby Anderson was also at the press conference. I think she's probably one of the bright spots for this program moving forward, regardless of who the coaching staff is. I think she has a tremendous amount of upside. She's a, a true six foot four girl who can run up and down the court. She's definitely one of, if not the best shot blockers in the conference. And she developed offensively this year uh, a lot more rapidly than I think people expected. She had 15 points in this game, and I think that she was a pleasant surprise in terms of her improvements offensively. But uh, you know, I mean, the questions were asked: What's the future of this program? What What does Shannon see the future as? And I think that Coach Schwinn, I mean, she definitely said that she thinks the future is bright. She hopes that the future is bright. She hopes to stay as the Lady Grizz head coach. But it's a big decision to be made because it's a, it's an analysis that has a lot of different layers to it from just who Shannon is in terms of the history of the Lady Grizz program to the, the family that connections and the, the way that the Schwains are now just entrenched at Montana with Brian Schwain also right. being the head track coach. Two of her daughters are on the bench right now. Uh, both of them had injuries this year, but they're on the roster. They're scholarship players. And Shannon's close with a lot of the girls on the team, including Jamie Pickens, who is Shelby Schwain's best friend. I mean, they grew up together for most of their lives playing AAU together. So I think that there's a little bit more than just a coach-player relationship there. I mean, these people know each other on a personal level. And so then it comes down to, are you analyzing this over, you know, this year's improvements compared to the last three years being such down years for the Lady Grizz? Or are you analyzing this based on what advantages the Lady Grizz have in the program and how they've been able to take advantage of those or lack thereof? And so I think it's an incredibly difficult decision that Kent Haslam has to make. I think that your point, Ryan, is one of the best points I've heard, though. You you have to make a decision and go all in on that decision. I do not think you can offer another one-year extension. Last year at Montana State, Brian Fish getting a second straight one-year extension, it was a disaster. It affected recruiting. It affected the morale. It affected the way he managed the, his own self and his program. You can't have back-to-back one-year extensions. You're basically just let, making a head coach remain as a lame duck. So uh, I think that there's so much that's going to go into this, and it's going to be fascinating to watch. But it's a gigantic decision because a lot of people could say women's basketball, all right, it's, it's a borderline revenue sport at some schools. But it's absolutely a revenue sport in Montana, and they cannot afford to have the program dip. I mean, when you, when you have a 21-year every year for almost four decades, you can't afford to have the attendance dip like it has. I mean, they're still leading the league in attendance, but it's a fraction of what it was during the glory days of Robin Selvig. So Montana, it's, a, it's more than just wins and losses. It's more than just emotions and X's and O's. This comes down to money, too, and that's going to be the probably the number one factor in whatever Kent Haslam decides to do. Coulter, the Big Sky Men's Basketball All-Conference team has just been released, and this is in real time here. We will give God, you no, it's first. been out since this morning. You guys just haven't been monitoring this is real sports. time. Real time here. Don't come in here with that this this morning stuff because you're at Boise and we're all you know doing work while you're over there or what you know sitting watching basketball I mean it came out at like nine o'clock this morning but anyways Mason Peatling Saeed Pridget Jonah Radabaugh are all unanimous first team selections Harold Frey and Holland Woods round out the top five of the first team and Mason Peatling earns Big Sky Conference MVP. I must say, I am very surprised at that. I thought it would either be Saeed or Jonah Radabaugh. I did not think that Peatlin would be in the would be at the top of this list, and he is. What do you think about that? Um, 
I thought that Mason Peeling was fifth among the first team all league players in terms of his MVP resume, and I'm 0% surprised that he won MVP anyways because a lot of times the Big Sky votes on stats and a lot of times the Big Sky votes to make sure that certain teams don't get the accolades that they maybe deserve. So um, Peeling averaged a double-double, there's no question about it, but when we look at the system that Eastern Washington runs, the isolation system, the guy who is the rim-running post in that system, he's going to get more isolated opportunities on the block in transition than any other big man in the league. It doesn't matter what that guy's name is. He's going to get more opportunities. The fact that they plug that guy under the basket, too, to get offensive rebounds around his shooters, he's going to get more offensive putbacks. He's going to have a higher number of rebounds. And the fact that they play high pace, they're also just going to have a higher amount of possessions. So they're also going to have a higher number of rebounds. That's why Kim Aiken and Mason Peetling are two of the top rebounders in the league. They're good rebounders, but they also just have more opportunities to get rebounds. My whole How argument, much of this is, my whole argument against just Mason a reflection Peeling, of Eastern Washington winning the league? Well, no doubt. And I think that's what it comes down to is Mason Peeling is their senior. He's their leader. I mean, their other two premier players are both uh, – Jacob Davidson's a junior and Kim Aiken's a sophomore. So it does come down to the, you know, the best senior on the best team. Okay, I agree with that. My whole argument against Peeling, and I'm not trying to dog on Peeling. I actually think they've done a great job developing him into a very, very good player. player. He is a good player. But in that system, the guys who really ball at that spot, they average 24 and 12 like Jake Wiley did. 18 and 10 is nice, but that's sort of what the system is. The system's going to get you 14 to 16 points and six rebounds every night, even if you are just a run-of-the-mill player. So, I mean, good job by Pete Lee. He, he's definitely been consistent. But in terms of who's the most important players for their team, I think he ranks significantly behind Saeed Pridget, Jonah Radabaugh, Harold Frey, Holland Woods, even Trayvon Allen and Jarek Harding. So, you know, what is the most valuable player award? Is it the best player or the the oldest player on the league champion or is it the most important player i think we saw this this year voted as the best i mean the most veteran player on the best team won the award and that's fine i think that was shante leggins was the coach of the year as well so that you know i mean makes sense he won the league but i also think that you know in terms of importance to your team a lot of those other guys had better arguments uh they did do this, which they haven't done before uh, that I've seen, Coulter. They had just five guys on the first team and not the MVP separate from that group where you would then have, quote, technically six uh, first-team all-conference players. So they just have those five. If it's just if they set it up this way, the second-team all-conference I think is just right. Je- Jacob Davidson, Jarek Harding, Kendall Manuel, Trayvon Allen, and Bodie Hume uh, are the second-class selections, and I think those are basically to me all accurate when you consider that it's Josh Patton, Cameron Shelton, Kim Aiken, Brooks to Bishop, and Jabril Bello. Congratulations to Jabril Bello making it into the third team. Yeah, I actually thought that the all-conference lists were pretty on par um, with the way that we picked it. I mean, we picked those same guys as first team, except for we had six guys on our first team because that has happened before. So the extra guy we had on our first team was Jarek Harding. Uh, We named our MVP as Jonah Radabaugh. I just think he does more as a two-way player than anybody else in the league, especially because he was able to move over and play on the ball, led the league in assists, and was still the defensive player of the year in the league. We had Derek Carter-Hollinger as our freshman of the year. He was the freshman of the year, so congratulations to him. We had our top reserve as John Knight III from Southern Utah, ended up going to Kai Edwards of Northern Colorado, but don't have a huge argument with that. We had our newcomer of the year as Debril Bello, and he was the newcomer of the year, so congrats to him. The only other real fluctuation we had between our second team and the Big Sky second team, we had Brooks to Bishop and Kim Aiken on the second team, and then we had Sal Nuhu, Bodie Hume on the third team, but all the rest of those guys are pretty on par. So I thought the Big Sky largely got this right, and I think that even though you know we can sit here and debate, especially because two of the main MVP candidates were from Montana, we saw them play so much in both Side Prison and Harold Frey, I do think this is a less controversial list than uh, – there are a lot of times when these all-league awards yes. roll out. I agree. I think they did a good job by and large in terms of where they're slotted as tiers and stuff like that. You can always talk about individual players and then awards, MVPs and stuff like that, but I think uh, by and large they got this right, so that's good. We'll certainly talk a lot more about this uh, over the course of the week and tomorrow especially, but we're going to take a break and come back. John Oglesby going to join us. He's calling hello every single one of the men's basketball tournament games up until the championship for uh, 
uh, for the Big Sky Conference on Pluto Television and 11 Sports. He's been at practices, and he's going to get a setup. Nobody knows the uh, tournament setup and scenarios better than him. He's going to join us right after this. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Coulter is in Boise, and he is side-by-side with John Oglesby, the former director of communications for the Big Sky Conference, and he's calling every game doing play-by-play. What's that, about a million games in a row? You got that kind of stamina, Oglesby, to sit up there and call all the men's tournament games? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, number one, it's great to be back with you guys over the airwaves of western Montana, but you got to have a lot of hot air to be able to pull off something like that and as many would say, I am uniquely qualified when it comes to well, that. Well, your so. first rodeo, right? I mean, you've actually done this in the past. So you know what you're getting into here. Yeah, it's uh, let me tell you what, it's a heck of a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, you know, you get into those three, four games a day. And, uh, you know, you got Jenny Kavnar and Chris Redpath doing it on the women's side. And uh, I'm pretty lucky because I get paired up with uh, – the, the Bill Walton of the Big Sky, as far as I'm concerned, and the old coach, Joe Cravens. And we just have a great time for 10 hours talking about basketball. And I hope that everyone at home has a lot of fun listening to us because it's, uh, it's a long day, but, man, you, you just can't give up a buffet of college hoops quite like that. That's what I'm saying, well, though, Cravens man. Oh, as good as it gets. Exactly. All, oh, jo- all John's got to do is steer the ship here, man. Joe Cravens has yeah, more. Right. Joe Cravens has more one-liners than any human that is walking the face of the earth. I'm serious. It's unbelievable. It's it, it. There's a lot of times you just don't know what's coming. What's coming out. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, if I if I drop into a Southern Indiana drawl like Coach would, I apologize. But you know, you're calling a game and suddenly Coach comes out with the line, and you have to. A lot of folks don't know at home, but when, you, when you're when you broadcasting a game, you have a little talk box, and you can hit a cough button that cuts your mic. And there's a lot of times where that cough button is worn out at the end of games that we're broadcasting because I've hit it so many times <laughs> to you know keep people at home from hearing me just lose my mind in laughter. It's a lot of fun. Well, it is a lot of fun, and the tournament itself is a lot of fun. And I know you've been getting ready for this, and you follow the Big Sky Conference uh, very, very closely and getting ready for this games. But across the state of Montana, the Grizzlies, the three seed, the Montana State Bobcats, the five seed, both of them getting buys. And as you look at their matchups and as you've looked at these teams, I know you've been at practices and stuff, what stood out to you? Well, I think going through the whole season, and I was fortunate this year to do a number of games on – 11 sports as part of their regular season packages you just notice the parity and it it was talked about ad nauseum you know the one or two possession games the number of those games that came down and i saw montana play at idaho state where i mean the Bengals had a great shot of knocking off the grizz there i saw you know weber state who's the eighth seed knock off montana and ogden i saw the Wildcats just barely fall the number two seed, Northern Colorado. And then I saw Weber in commanding fashion beat, you know, Sacramento State. And I, I bring up all those experiences because it just underscored how many quality teams there are in this tournament and how many quality players. There's a name that's a household name if you're a fan of the Big Sky on every single program that's in this tournament. And if you're an opposing coach and you don't account for that name, on that night, you're going to get beat. And I think what stood out to me at practice is every coach that I spoke with talked about that. They talked about how, as a coach, you cannot afford to let your guys mentally check out of anything. Uh, even the high seeds in this tournament talked about how they expect to see 
um, a four, five, six, seven, eight playing in the semifinals of the tournament come Friday. And to me, that's really telling because you and I, we've all done this long enough to where, you know, coaches, you get the typical coach speak. But you can tell when it's fake and when it's real. This was not fake. It was real that they think this tournament's going to be hyper competitive. I mean, Trayvon Allen right now, I think, is 18th in Division One in scoring. He's yeah. playing for the 10th seed. Jared Harding is the leading scorer in the history of Weber State. I think he's somewhere in the top 15, maybe even the top 10 in scoring in the country. Yeah. He plays for the 8th seed. I mean, you're so right. The up and down, some of the best players. I think that's why the league has had a lot more balance this year because... Usually it takes two to three all-conference players to win the conference. Eastern Washington was the only school that had yeah. three all-conference players. They won the conference. But there's very few schools that even have two, and I think that that's why it's going to be an exciting tournament because on a neutral site, you never know, especially because some of the best players are guys that have the ball in their hands the whole time. You never know when Harold Frey is just going to go off. No, You no. never know when Jarek Harding is just going to get loose. I mean... Who's to say that Jarek Harding might not just win two games and knock out the top seed all by himself? Well, I had the call where he was trying to become the all-time winning scorer. Right. So he needed 24 points to become that. 24 points, if you score that in a night, that's a pretty good college basketball game. He scored that in the first half, part of a 44-point performance against Sac State. And he could do that against anybody in the league. That underscores, again, the excitement that fans should have about this tournament because insert your favorite team here and insert the best player on that team and that's a matchup problem night by night that can cause anybody in the league problems throughout this tournament john as you sit sit here and look at this and we talk about how wide open it is tell me a team that you're keeping your eye on that's maybe a lower seed and tell me a team at the front that you think has a chance to go the whole way i'm not gonna lie i really like sacramento state interesting i i I don't know why there's something about sac state that to me consistently i just look at them they got plenty of talent i think they've got a lot of stability in the coaching world they respond well to their coaches in practice, but there's always something that's just a little off about their program. Like they, they get some key injuries here, or they, you know, got struggles in a certain area. And I just honestly, year after year, wait for the year for them to put all those pieces together. Non-conference, they're probably one of the best non-conferences of anybody in the Big Sky. Sac State's one of those lower seeds that, to me, for them to get hot and play well wouldn't surprise me at all. The thing that's interesting about Sac State, too, is that these neutral sites, especially in this arena, I mean, we're, we're, it's a hockey arena that's been turned into a basketball arena. It looks great, but it's an adjustment for the sight lines. So often, we see some of the best teams, their best shooters it takes them a while to get acclimated and then all of a sudden yep. it's too late sac state more than any other team in the league it's not about shooting no it's no. about the pace it's about grinding you into dust and they are i mean brian katz his dream game is winning 54 52 that's oh, what yeah. he wants and yeah. so i do think that's an interesting one joe what do you think uh as far as top teams go i mean the the, the five teams that got buys break it down for us i mean who, who's the who's the maybe the dark horse amongst the group or who's the the upset prone team or who, who do you think is what do you think of those top five seeds i'm a i'm a big northern colorado guy um i i think any of those top five seeds are going to have a valid argument to win this conference and give it up a, a program that i really want to highlight danny sprinkle the job that no he's doubt. done at montana state i think has been incredible it's great to see that program get a resurgence um, and a return to relevance in the Big Sky Conference because I think that's a a cornerstone program in the Big Sky that when Montana State is a better program, I think that speaks to how good the Big Sky is overall. But um, I'm a big Northern Colorado guy. Um, I think when you put it all together, you've got Jeff Linder, who I think is one of the outstanding head coaches in this league. Jonah Radabaugh is outstanding. I love his story as well. Guy that was not expected to be a great college basketball player. Any team in the country, if Jonah Radabaugh showed up, they wouldn't lock the doors on him. He he would he would contribute anywhere in the country. Bodie Hume. They just have all the pieces that you need to be able to win a championship. And I I really like that. Montana, their championship pedigree is there. It's hard to deny. Travis DeKeer knows how to win big games. He knows how to coach in big games. And their players know how to respond in big games. I think that's something that 
in a regular season, if you're the Grizz, you fall a little bit in some regular season games. It doesn't worry me as much because I know that when they get here to a conference tournament, they know how to respond better than any team in the league. Eastern Washington with their players, I, I, I could very easily see a scenario where, again, Eastern, Montana meet up somewhere along the way, and it's a heck of a game. But again, any of those top teams that got to buy, Portland State, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them there if they get hot and if things fall their way. It, as a broadcaster, we're supposed to sound really smart. Like, we know all the answers. I don't know the answers, and that's why I'm so excited to call this tournament. John Olsby joining us, former director of communications for the Big Sky Conference and uh, calling all the games uh, on the men's tournament side uh, for play-by-play for Pluto Television Online, etc. Now, John, we got to tell the people, too, your Montana connection here. You married a girl that went to the University of Montana and played golf for the I Grizzlies. Did. What's it like when you go out on the links? you got to get whooped by, by, by your significant other. That's a tough deal, right? I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys a funny story. So my wife, former um, Grizz golf great Tara Green, um, it, it we Missoula is a special place for us, um, and and I I'm not ashamed to say that we it's a special place. My wife's picture is in the uh, Hall of Fame there for the university, so that's going to be a special thing for our family for years and years to be able to go back and you know to tell it is tough because you go out, you know we're playing. Um, you know, one of the courses there in town, and she walks around, and it's like being with a celebrity. <laughs> like, Tara yeah. Green, you're here playing our course. And uh, I have, I'll just say it on public radio with all of Western Montana listening, I've never beat her. And well, I'm, 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 I'm fighting for that opportunity. I know, right? Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. <laughs> right? There you I, go. You're the burn of the week. I've never won. I've never beat her. Let me tell you something. I, my wife doesn't golf, so okay. I don't golf with her. But I have yet to beat anybody I've ever played with, John. So it's okay. I'm with you on this thing. Well, you and I need to play next time I'm up, uh, it sounds like. But uh, anyways, no, Tara is uh, a lot of fun, and she... Um, there's no doubt Grizz Golf and the University of Montana means a great deal to her. And um, I will say I never thought I would uh, be married to a former Big Sky Freshman of the Year um, and great player, but uh, she's always a lot of fun. And uh, she's coming up later this week, and I'm excited uh, to be back with her. Well, John, I'll tell you what, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. I will try and catch you between games, not during games. And, uh, you know, rest up. Don't talk much more the rest of the day because you've got plenty to do now. Well, I appreciate that. And I'm looking forward to uh, see, seeing you as well. And uh, it sounds like maybe you might need to pack your sticks to see if we can get away for uh, an early morning nine somewhere here in Boise. Great to be on I'm with you guys. Thank it. you My so much. You bet. Thank you, John. John Oglesby joining us. We appreciate that very much. With that, we will bid him adieu and Coulter as well because we're going to come back and hear from Travis Secure. Grizz Great Episode 9 coming out this evening. We'll hear from Coach Secure and wrap up with you on a Tuesday of Tutel and Nuanas. Back right after this. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. 
How about if I do that? How about if I turn my microphone on? Does that make it easier for people to hear me, David? If I yeah, turn on my freaking mic? freaking out, dude. <laughs> freaking out. You're sitting back there just going, he's moving his mouth, but nothing's happening. I thought it was on me because I had you turned down. No, and I was like, no, oh, snap. No, no, no. Uh, user error. I have one button that I need to push to make this thing work. And I can't do it. It's it's one too many. It's two tell new one is one or two nine ESPN radio SWX Montana television. Great to be with you. Uh, glad to be back. Now took me about fifty five seconds to figure it out here, but we got it going. Uh, boys and girls, it's Tuesday. We've been doing this the last nine Tuesdays, releasing Grizz Greats, the coaching tree episode by episode. And this week we have finally made it to uh, the present day. Travis DeCure. Coach DeCure has uh, been the head coach now in his sixth season with the University of Montana. The last two years, the most wins in the history of the University of Montana in terms of uh, their their total. 52 wins, 26 each of the last two seasons uh, uh, prior to this year. And as a three seed in the tournament, uh, an opportunity to become the first team in the history of the program to go to three consecutive NC2A tournaments if they were to uh, to win this week. But Coach DeCure certainly knows and loves the history at the University of Montana. Of course, played at the University of Montana. So we're going to hear a little snippet from him. Grizz Grace, the Coaching Tree broadcast is brought to us by our friends at Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com for more inf- information. Also from Stockman's Bar and from Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate Mike Nugent, Mike Bryan, Gary Bryan, all getting it done for you at Berkshire Hathaway Real Estate. Here you go. A little snippet from the Grizz Greats Coaching Tree Podcast, Episode 9 with Travis DeCure. You absorb all this stuff from all these guys and from the tree and everything else, but also you're Travis DeCure, and you're going to come in and and do what you do as well. Obviously, from a basketball standpoint, interesting. Blaine takes over for a big. He's a point guard. You take over for Wayne. He's a big, if I'm understanding it correctly. <laughs> and you're a point guard. Right. right. So maybe that's part of the basketball thing, but what is the stamp to you that you said, this is what I want to do when I'm a head coach? Man. I tell this story to every recruit. Um, they walk in, and you know we show them campus a little bit. And I usually try to take about 15 minutes, close the door, or I'm in here with them and their parent or parents. Um, and I always share this picture on my wall of uh, from the roast, and it's the return of the tree. And unfortunately, uh, Brandenburg and Heathcote weren't healthy enough to travel at the time, and. But they did send a message, a video message. We had a chance to kind of hear them talk and, and open the thing up. But everyone put their own blueprint on this program. And one thing led to another. And so I like to, I enjoy going piece by piece with this thing. But Judd Heathcote, he started the tree. And he's the beginning of this deal. And, and he's one of the two guys to win an NCAA tournament game. But then he moves on to win a national championship. And coach arguably one of the best players to ever play the game, Magic Johnson. And and so that's special, right? Uh, Brandon Burke had incredible teams, coaches NBA players, moves on to Wyoming and builds what became a Sweet 16 team led by a guy by the name of Finnis Dembo. And so you start going, well, how, how can anyone do better uh, when you start looking at these win percentages that these guys are leaving with and, 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 and the things that they were able to do with this program? Um, and then comes Mike Montgomery. Um, who had experiences outside of this program, but stuck with style of play, kept the blueprint together and put his own personality on it. And I think that's the biggest biggest example of grabbing a notebook, grabbing a playbook and saying, all right, we'll run these same things, but I'm going to put my pieces together and put my blueprint on it, put my personality on it and do it a little differently. And he became the all-time winning as coach. Now, he's probably the most successful in terms of tenure, but he he never won a championship. He never went to the NCAA tournament. He went to the NIT. Um, and so his, his success here was a lot different. And I think he gets more credit for what he did after he was here. But the reality is, is he's the godfather of the coaching tree because if you look at it he's the one that kept everyone together he's the one that kept hiring everyone he's the one that got everybody jobs he was the one that kept this tree employed and no one else was really doing that and so to me that that that's a special stamp 
on Montana basketball that no one has been able to do. Um, and and so here comes Stu Morrow. Well, his stamp is if you really look at where everyone's been, the movement, and as everyone moved on and they go to other places, and you just take all their wins and all their losses and put them in one big pot, he might be the best coach of all of them. Because if you look at the win percentage and overall wins and where he did it, he didn't have destination jobs. He wasn't surrounded by the talent that Blaine was surrounded by at Old Dominion. He didn't. He wasn't at an academic institution where kids are raised to go there. He's at a place where he has to recruit out of state, okay, or he's got to compete with a neighbor, right, for a Mormon talent. And it was very difficult to beat BYU on a certain kid. He found a way to win 20, 20, 20, and become a program that's a top 20 program um, and never, ever really put the best talent on the floor. He just found a way to win. Um, and, and I think that that gets overlooked. And then comes Larry, and then comes Wayne, right? And when you look at Blaine's time, He's got the highest win percentage at Montana and Old Dominion. He helped build a Final Four program at Stanford. He took Old Dominion and beat top 20 programs, went head-to-head with ACC schools, and won NC2A tournament games at another institution. And now, as an assistant coach, has helped another guy from the coaching tree at UC Irvine be a number 13 seed and probably the best basketball team in the state of California for the 2018-19 season. So his his experience of winning in, in, in elevating programs is probably at the highest level of any of them. And, and then you look at the return to the tree after we lost our way. We go back to the tree and Larry says, okay, let me show you how to win NC2A tournament games. Um, And he brought a level of confidence uh, to the University of Montana that hadn't existed for a long time. And when his former teammate took over, he hits the ground running and becomes the all-time winning this coach again. And I think that what you saw for a short period of time here with Wayne was a level of talent that you hadn't seen since probably the 91-92 team. Um, but he becomes the all-time winning his coach. So he leaves here, he's got more wins, he's won back-to-back championships, he's been to the NCAA tournament more than anyone else. What is there left for me to do? Um, and so for me, it, it's what I stand for. And it's more than winning games. It's, let's just graduate every one of our seniors. Um, let's bring a level of talent and a style of basketball that they've never seen. Let's play faster than they've ever played. Let's be more aggressive defensively than they've ever been. Let's put more butts in seats based on the way we play the game and the way we operate off the court. Um, and I don't know that that was something that would be expected of me um, because a lot of people won really didn't know what I stood for and what I was about. They remembered me as a basketball player. They remembered me as that guy with a lot of fire that talked a lot of trash on the court. (laughs) Might even talk a little bit of trash off the court. And so I'm not sure the community knew what they were getting. But I knew this was the right move for me when the article came out and the title was Homecoming. I knew that at that point in time, Missoula was going to welcome me with open arms and I'm going to make the most of it. Um, And I think we've done that. I think that we've put our own stamp on the University of Montana's basketball program, on the campus and on the community, a lot different than than anyone else has done. And then the last piece I wanted to do, the last thing that was important to me, I never forget Mike Montgomery calling me and saying, don't screw it up. And to me, that meant elevate the program. Don't leave it the way you got it. Um, and there was a point in time where this was the best job in the conference. There was a be- there was a point in time when this was one of the better mid to low major jobs on the West Coast, and it slipped. I, I think sometimes you become um, complacent with tradition, 
and there's a level of expectation that it's just going to happen because it's always happened, but not really competing in terms of growing and, and making sure that it's going to keep happening. And we had some catching up to do to some programs. And I think as of today, September 23rd, uh, 2019, it is the best job in this conference. With all the tradition, everything that's taken place the last two seasons, the most wins in the history of the University of Montana men's basketball team. From Travis the Cure, from Grizz Greats, the Coaching Tree Podcast. And man, if that doesn't get you pumped, I don't know. You know, I I understand we're across the whole state. You got cats, you got Grizz, you got a bunch of different affiliations and so forth and so on. And uh, we love talking to all the coaches, all the schools and stuff, but talk about a guy who you know, is is dialed into what this program has been. He gave you the whole history. I mean, I don't want to tell you not to listen to Grizz Grace, the Coaching Tree Podcast, but you just about got the whole meal deal in eight and a half minutes from Travis DeCure right there. Uh, and uh, But his episode, hour long, just uh, just talking with, with Coach about uh, everything. And uh, phenomenal. Just uh, really enjoy him, appreciate him. And to talk about... How am I going to take this thing to another level? Well, it's more than just winning games. It's just more than just going to NC2A tournaments. Hey, can we can we get the attendance up? Can we play a style of basketball that's never been played? Can we get more guys to graduate than have traditionally graduated through? And Montana's done usually a pretty good job of graduating their players. And, you know, taking on that responsibility that is – a part of, but also aside from the basketball piece itself, uh, I think Mark's Coach DeCure is a, is a true leader and uh, and a guy who uh, is about the right things, and his drive is significant. And I encourage you to come out tomorrow to listen to the bonus episodes. Martin Breunig and Bobby Moorhead on those bonus episodes, and in particular talking with uh, with Bobby Moorhead about this, uh, and on you know on this his his discussions about Travis Secure and how they butted heads and how there was some arguments and then there was some you know reconciliation and and the way he goes about it the accountability that holds not just his players but his coaches and the entire athletic department at times in uh, uh, accountable is pretty remarkable and I think that uh, you see that and it it outworks on the floor and you know again it's going to be another exciting tournament uh for uh for the grizzlies with travis DeCure at the head of it grizz grace the coaching tree podcast coming out this evening uh the ninth episode and the last episode of men's coaches well because we've made it all the way through today but we do have one more episode next week. It will be Robin Selvig. We'll talk more about that next week. But a, a phenomenal uh, set. And we are, are really pleased to have been able to bring this. Go listen to it. Anywhere you get your podcasts, just search Grizz Greats, The Coaching Tree, and listen to these podcasts. They are uh, uh, really fun. And I think you get uh, uh, to experience 40 years of Grizz basketball uh, in this series in general. And certainly for this tournament, it's a good week to uh, release Coach DeCures. It's almost like we planned it, isn't it? Uh, Grizz Grace, the Coaching Tree podcast is brought to us by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot is building a high-capacity fiber network to connect businesses and homes to the world. Visit goblackfoot.com for more information. It's also brought to us by Stockman's Bar, proud supporters of Montana men's basketball for over uh, 50 years and by Mike Nugent, Mike Bryan and Gary Bryan at Berkshire Hathaway real estate boys and girls. I'm going to leave the studio. I'm going to go home and then I'm going to get in my car and drive to Boise. I will be in Boise with Coulter for the remainder of the week. We look forward to bringing you to tell and Nuanas live from uh, the arena, the big sky conference tournament. Look forward to that. Make sure you go online, check out ESPN.com. And uh, get into the Bracket Challenge. To Tell Nuwana's Bracket Challenge available right now. You can get your uh, place in the thing. It's free. You can win some unbelievable prizes. To Tell Nuwana's 2020, the name of the group. Have a wonderful and safe Tuesday evening. Be with you from Boise, Idaho tomorrow. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. 
from conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park. We have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.